is an opportunity. This is America, ain't it? Who the fuck's stopping you? This is Bootlegging, where each week we will discuss HBO's original series, Boardwalk Empire. Grab a glass of your favorite libation, and let's do a little chin-wagging. Welcome to Bootlegging, a Boardwalk Empire podcast. This is your host, Colton. And this is Chris. And today we're going to be talking about episode nine of the first season, uh, Bella Femme. I had to Bellefim. have you pronounce That's the culture right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's French. Actually, it's French for uh, pretty woman. And I, I thought I didn't even think about uh, that um, until after last week's episode when I pronounced the name of the episode at the end. And I was like, wait a minute. Bella Femme means pretty woman, which we'll see later on in the episode right. kind of is kind of what happens uh, uh, with Margaret in this episode. She gets to uh, pretty woman, the uh, huh. pretty woman, someone in this in this episode. So it's kind of funny that they named it that. All right, well, you know what? Here's my notes. I'm taking them down. You take over. Go ahead. <laughs> <It's your> po- <laughs> so, let's... Uh, um, uh, <laughs> no, I didn't know that. I, I should have looked it up, and I didn't. Uh, very good. I, 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 I can't even... Bella Femme, there. See, now I can, now I can pronounce it. <laughs> Um, little known fact that actually means pretty woman. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say that. <laughs> well, then that's, that's about as, uh, as much mind reading as I'm going to be able to do tonight. <laughs> I don't know what language it's in. It's a lost language. I don't know that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. It sounds <laughs> French, but I, I'm pretty sure it's an ancient <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. So it was written by uh, uh, Stephen uh, Kornacki. Uh, I'm probably saying that wrong. I couldn't find really anything else that he has done. Um, I, it's I, I think he's – I don't know. He may have just written a couple episodes of this. There wasn't a whole lot about him out there. Uh, it was directed by Brad Anderson. Um, I didn't recognize his name, but I know a couple of his movies – um, so I'm actually once I saw the movies he did, I was kind of excited seeing that he did this episode and it kind of shows a little bit directed by Brad Anderson, really famous movie he did. And you'll appreciate this. The Machinist. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then also because of The Machinist and, you know, he also did Session Nine. If anybody has seen that movie, a really good kind of horror thriller. Right. Um, and then he did um, a couple episodes of uh, Fringe. So I guess he's kind of in that horror thriller type. Uh, That's genre. funny. Considering the episode, it's just I don't know. Considering the style, you know, it, it, I would never have you know imagined this time period, this style of show to um, attract that kind of director. That's it's kind of funny. Yeah, me either. But after I found that out, and then I rewatched the episode again, I can see some of the way that it was filmed, some of the direction it went into, um, especially with the lighting in certain areas, I can see it a little more. 
Okay. And I, I kind of, I was, I thought that was kind of, I mean, I'm not going to compare it to the machinist by any means. Cause there's nobody that starved themselves, you know, <laughs> right. and became Batman. And then, so. yeah. And then put on like another hundred pounds in two months. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it was, it, I thought that was kind of interesting. So, I mean, cause Brad Anderson's a very good, a um, very good director. You know, I mean, I, right. I personally, I really like the machinist. An amazing oh yeah. Movie. Yeah. It's so, a great movie. Um, I thought that was kind of, kind of interesting. So we'll go ahead and dive on into it. Uh, episode opens basically where we left off uh, with the previous episode. Eli is in bed and he's been shot and um, they're looking at uh, the, the photos of who they think has done it. Right. Right. Well, well and it's who they basically know has done it, which right. is uh, uh, the Delacina brothers. Yeah. So now, who do you know who this other guy is? I honestly don't recognize him. Um, yeah, he was um he was around in a couple of the other episodes. Um, I, I can't remember where I I could have sworn he was there um in the room when in the last episode when they were all together watching that uh, that snuff film or whatever that yeah the stag yeah. film um. I thought he was in that room, but I, I might be he mistaken. I, I have horrible memory with some of the character names and faces, so it's um, I, be, I'm the wrong person to ask. Well, no, to be fair, to be fair, this is kind of like Game of Thrones in that it's it takes a while to start remembering characters. Right. Right. Like. Like I mean, and I'm being in all. I'm being honest in this. If it wasn't for us doing this, I wouldn't even know these. I, if I watch, I'd be like, you know, the one dude that with that he did the thing. I mean, we we do that now, and we well, probably okay, should enough. know better. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, we, we still do that. So yeah, it's uh... <laughs> fair enough. We do still have Agent Michael Shannon. I refuse to. Yeah, exactly. His name. <laughs> So they're there's they're they're sitting around there uh looking at the cards. Uh, I guess it's like their rap sheets or whatever. Right. Uh the uh the brothers and <laughs> they're basically like hey, these are the guys that have done it, you know. They're talking about pretty much like how ballsy they are. <laughs> the one alderman is there. So they're like, "Oh yeah, he shot me." And then the other guys like, "Oh yeah, he did this and they're known for this." And one guy's like, "Well, they called me fat." That's yeah, the thing. yeah. <laughs> like, kind of Nucky looks at him. That's kind of like, what the fuck? Like, that's your complaint <laughs> against these guys. <laughs> My brother's here with a hole in his gut, and yeah. <laughs> the guy spit on you and called you fat. Really? <laughs> You're making deputy dumbass look like the smart one. Here. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nucky sits down and basically kind of talks with him about uh, the elections coming up, and it's he's basically. The election's coming up, and he he knows that there's a lot going on. Like, this is the worst time for him to be showing weak. And I say showing weakness. He's been shot, right? I mean, we know right. he's weak because of that, right? But it's like the worst time for this opportunity. Right. And Nucky brings up the fact that uh, an article came out um, kind of right. questioning what happened. Um, and naming Eli in the article uh, and questioning, like, what was Eli doing at this casino this late at night? You right. know uh, where this robbery was happening, so it's it's definitely not a good look for um, this this uh, high powered family at the moment. No, 
No, and it, and it's not that it's Eli's fault for it. It's just right. it. And we'll get into this in a little bit. Um, well, it will get into this later on in the episode. Sometimes bad things happen. There's nothing you can control, but you have to deal with the consequence, especially in this life. Like what you're saying with this powerful of a family, with this type of people, there's certain times where something happens. It's not your fault. We're not holding it against you, but you got to deal with it now. Right. And that's kind of what I feel like is happening. From there, it transitions. We get to see the boardwalk. And as you've pointed out very well, like you've you've gone over that. It's a it. Um, I think your terminology you put, and I really like it, is the boardwalk's kind of like a palate cleanser. Right. Uh, when they show it. And I really like I like how you said that because that's really what it is. Because them sitting in that room having that conversation, that could be in a, a Sopranos episode. Right. Right. Exactly. But then it goes to the boardwalk, and they're out on the beach, and we get to see people in the most old-timey swimsuits. Dudes in one-pieces, and I even brought that up when I was watching. I was like, those those dudes are all wearing one-piece swimsuits. They are. <laughs> they're wearing more... Those dudes are wearing more swimsuits than women wear swimsuits. Yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm saying that, like, because, like, men, we, we're we lucky. We get to go in just some trunks, and that's yeah, right. it. You know? But then you get to see a lady laying in the sand next to him. She's wearing like a full-on blouse, like out on yeah, the beach. Yeah, yeah. Like a even, dress, basically. <laughs> I can't even imagine that with a hat on. And oh uh, no, uh, I couldn't it's do that. It. It's too hot. It's too hot. It's so hot. And all that sand. Oh god. So it's coarse uh, and it gets everywhere. Oh god. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the beach. Uh, it's well. They're not on the beach. It's um, Margaret and um, uh, Harding's uh, mistress. I mean, that, in the well, well, that's straight up what she is. She, she's his yeah. mistress. Yeah, uh, uh, his his uh, baby mama is baby who she mama. Is. Yeah, yeah. We. I wonder if that was terms back then. Hmm. Baby mama Harding. <laughs> anyway, uh, that, that sounds it sounds like something that would have come from the twenties. Yeah, I could see it. <laughs> <laughs> so they're on the boardwalk and they're kind of they're, they're just kind of talking and you you get to see who Harding's mistress really is. I feel like she's just brainwashed. Naive is really what I think. Just super super naive. Um okay. enough to where she's falling for all of these things. Like we discussed in the last episode, Harding quote wrote her a poem. Uh, that was a complete ripoff, uh, not for her, you know, specifically at all. Um, and I think she's just naive enough that she believes that this guy gives all the shits in the world about her right. <laughs> when, you know, in reality, we know just seeing the backroom dealings from the episode before that she is just another, you know, mistress, just another girl that, uh, that Harding has known in the past. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's it. It's yeah. And she just happened to get pregnant. So he's like, right. crap, I got to keep her around. Right. Uh, but again, this is kind of, you know, Nucky, uh, following through on his end of the bargain and, uh, bringing her to Atlantic city. And now she's hanging out with Margaret on the boardwalk, you know, just to keep her away from the situation. Yeah. Um, uh, away from Harding, so. Yeah, I agree on that. 
Uh, I do like that <laughs> Margaret gets uh, Warren, Harding, and Hardine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mixed up. Like, she says, like, I thought it was Houdini's brother. I thought brother. it was Hardine. And of course, know she... you know, uh, well, I-, I thought it was kind of funny that she even brought him up. And um, it kind of shows that she's trying to help the situation a bit. I, I that's what I got from the you know short little scene anyway is that Margaret is actively trying to get her mind off of um, Harding and yeah, you know trying to switch the subject, trying to, yeah. trying to you know she's helping the situation, which is odd because you know that's kind of helping in the backroom dealings. I don't know if she understands that that's what she's doing uh, directly, but she is helping with Nucky's you know. Uh, unethical uh, dealings at this point. Yeah. No, it's kind of, I was going to, that's what I was uh, about to say, uh, but you worded it way better than I would have. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's exactly it. Yeah. So we get to go from there. They're going back into uh, Madam. Okay. I, Ooh, I wrote her name down. I'm going to try to pronounce this right. Madam Janet. Oh, I hate it right? you. Oh, God. No, I'm it. kidding. You, no, no, you got it right. I'm kidding. <laughs> so they're going into um, Madame, Madame Genet's. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is it? Just shop. I mean, it's dress a, it's shop. A dress shop. Yeah. Margaret's taking her there basically to like, hey, you know, let's get you into like some new clothing or let you have you try on some stuff. I, I don't know. Just kind of getting her mind like what you were saying, getting her mind off of other things like. Right. Spoil, spoiler. Like spoil yourself a little bit. You're right. treat yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's the best phrasing for it. <laughs> and we get to see that Margaret's been replaced by a. a she says like what a, a, a Polish girl that has no culture. Yeah, <laughs> like this. Like the, the girl's like is literally finishing like eating something when she comes out like to well, talk she says to him. something like cabbage so all in my head i can think of is she's probably just been back there like literally like a, a head of cabbage like it's an <laughs> apple munching on a head of lettuce to be fair it's the 1920s so i assume that's uh, right all of their yeah food. that's a, it's not out of the realm of possibility at all <laughs> So I thought that was kind of funny. She had, had said that. Basically, uh, so Madame Janae is basically telling her, like, oh, like you've moved up in the world pretty much, right? Right. And you're getting a taste of the high life and, you know, like, what's it like? What's it like? That's, that's pretty much what I got out of it. And yeah. it's kind of Margaret's first opportunity to say, hey, there was this lady here. I used to work for her, what, a week ago, basically? Yeah, right. And now here I am bringing somebody in that could potentially buy cl- – like, because, what, a week ago, Margaret couldn't have bought clothing from there. Yeah, right. Exactly. She was and, working there. Yeah. <laughs> and so now here she is bringing somebody in, and not only is she bringing somebody in, it's um, the owner of the shop is basically like, hey, you want to help me out? Yeah, like, right. You You know a guy – that maybe can help me out. <laughs> right. Yeah, because she's her business is uh, being threatened by high rent uh, to go out of business. So, yeah, she's like, hey, yeah, the guy that owns this building, you just happen to be uh, sleeping with. So how about you help me out with that? <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, it's kind of funny. It's a funny shift in power between those two. Because yeah, I mean, Madame Genet was very much uh, very demanding of Margaret the entire time she was working for her. So it's uh, yeah, it's kind of a fun a fun uh, swap of the power dynamic there. Yeah, exactly. And it's the the star for where I guess the beginning of well, what you said with the episode title. Um, you know, beautiful woman. It's the it's the starting process. This is the starting the, of of her quote unquote transforming into a beautiful woman. Right, right. I mean, this is uh, the very first taste of Margaret. Oh, this is what it means to be in this position. Right. This is, I'm seeing kind of how bribes work. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm. I don't know if I like this yet. I don't know if I'm approving of it, but I see how it's how it's done. And and it's funny that you bring that up because it. It seems like every time Margaret gets a little bit more of a taste into this lifestyle, she never, she hasn't yet anyway. She hasn't like totally been like, oh no, I'm not doing this anymore. I have morality. I have, you know, this set of uh, standards for myself. She hasn't hit that point yet. So I'm kind of curious. uh, I'm kind of curious when that's going to happen because I I assume that's going to happen just in her character, but. Uh, well, I mean, but she's, honest, she's, I, she's taking it like, all so far. <laughs> to be honest, I feel it kind of happens by the end of this episode. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, is she full, full on corrupt by the end of the episode? No, I'm not going to say that. But I feel that it's you're not you're not clean anymore. But right. we'll get into we'll get into. Yeah, all we'll that. get there. <clears throat> So from uh, from there we go to uh, Nucky back at the um, uh, Ritz, and he's meeting with Deputy Dumbass, and <laughs> um, they go in and they get to see that uh, Jimmy's there. He showed up and he's basically said that um, he hasn't even gone home yet, and um, that he had sent a uh, Western Union and uh, Nucky didn't get it. Right, um, which is kind of, I thought it was kind of funny because he's like, "Goddamn Western Union!" Yeah, <laughs> like it's kind of like blaming like I didn't get the text message to pick up groceries. On the way home. <laughs> Goddamn T <T&T. laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> but and, and when when he first said it, though, again, you know, the first thing I thought was like, "Oh shit!" Agent Michael Shannon knows. He fucking yeah. knows because you know he's been intercepting all of his information so far. So. He's very um, good at intercepting info. Yeah, so I, I I had a little bit of a panic attack when he said like, oh, I didn't get your message." I was like, "Oh my god, Michael Shannon knows. <laughs> <laughs> he knows Jimmy's back in town." But so he's meeting, and we get to see that. Um, uh, I like I I really like this scene because uh, okay, th- there's actually a lot that happens in this scene. All right, I'm trying to think of how we can word this to kind of make it run smooth. So we get to see he's there. Um, he, Nucky's like basically like get him a steak, you know, like the guy's kind of like a, in a way, kind of like a a, a, a war hero coming home kind of situation, right. right? They sit down and they're talking with uh, Deputy Dumbass in the situation, right, 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 right in the room, right now. What weirds me out, or not weird? I'm sorry, no, not weirds me out. It doesn't weird me out. It's a good thing. I like what Jimmy says. Jimmy says that there's going to be basically two things. One, I want you to allow my friend uh, Richard Harrow to come in, okay? Or Harrow. I'm sorry, Richard Harrow to come in. And 
you know, he's a war hero and he even talks about it. Like he's like, Oh yeah, there's no face and all of this. Right. right. Uh, the man in the, in the mask. Right. So he tells him that he wants to bring him, him in. So that's obviously his trusted buddy. Okay. Then he says, all dealings will be between me and you. And that's it. Right. So at that point he knows that if he's getting screwed over, if somebody finds something out, he knows it's automatically Nucky. Right. Because I kind of feel he – it's not that he doesn't trust Nucky. I think he 100% trusts Nucky, but he does not trust anybody else other than Richard. Right. And that's it. And so I like that he comes up with those two rules. Those are his two big rules right there. You let me bring in my guy. This is what you and me discuss is what you and me discuss, and that's right. it. So then he gets to meet – they're basically going over – the photos of who knocked over the, the casino and who shot um, uh, Eli. By doing that, he t- Jimmy basically tells him, well, what is it you want me to do? He doesn't assume anything because the last time he assumed something, he killed four people. Right. Right? He killed four people. And what did Nucky tell him? No, you want to be a gangster, you're going to pay me. And he's going right. to no, I'm not going to assume anything. You tell me what you want to do, and then I'll do it. Right. And I like I, I, I like that he says that because one there's no like there's uh what's the what's the word? There's no miscommunication, obviously. Right. And two, he's making Nucky say what? I was gonna say, yeah. Kill them. Yeah. He's basically forcing Nucky to be, and, and I mean, he, he mentioned this since episode one, you can't be half a gangster. And with this, he's like forcing Nucky to tell him, like, I want you to murder these people. He's forcing him to be a gangster. He even brings up, like, you can't just be a politician because that's all you're doing right now. You're, yeah, you're just being a politician. Right. Um, and so he forces Nucky to be the gangster that he's supposed to be, which is again, kind of a switch in power. You know, you started talking about the scene and I thought, man, this, even this scene kind of goes along with the theme, the title of the show that that Jimmy's kind of pretty woman, womaning (laughs) Nucky right now and that he's coming, you know, he was (laughs) sent away. It's just like a piece of trash. Nucky, just whatever. Get out of here. You you screwed up. But now Nucky is going to Jimmy and, you know, Nucky needs Jimmy to take care of the stuff for him. He needs him to come back and be his his strong arm. And um, so, yeah, once you started talking about the scene, I was like, oh, man, this this kind of goes along with that, too. It's a uh, uh-huh. pretty, pretty good writing and pretty good tie in with the theme. I didn't I didn't look at it that way. That's a really good observation on that. Uh, and then the scene ends, though, with probably the more powerful moment of it where he says, you want me to kill all of them? And Nucky says yes. And then he got, it even points out. He says, even the kid. Yeah, even the kid. And Nucky doesn't say no. Right. And you can see, though, in Nucky's face, it's no longer a, okay, hey, I ordered something. Maybe somebody will die. Maybe somebody won't. You can see in his face he's like, I've got I'm I've got blood on my hands. Now. Right. Right. Like right. I'm a, I'm about to be this is real. This is no longer a hey, we can kick this person out of town or with with uh, what I mean Hans Schroeder was a piece of shit, right? We'll be honest, uh Margaret's husband, piece of shit. Did he deserve to die? No. 
Okay, I'm not gonna say he did. Right. Did he? Did he deserve some bad stuff to happen to him? Yeah, he's a he's a woman beater. Yeah, but Nucky, you know that guy's a piece of shit, right? You know, and but Nucky still didn't necessarily order for him to die. Right, right. He told Eli take care of it, and Eli took took care of it how Eli wanted. Right. J- Jimmy's not l- letting him have the option of I'll do it how you w- want me to. It's no, you tell me what to do. Right. And I'll do it. And so this is on you. You this is exactly what you want. <laughs> yeah. I'll pull the trigger, but you're the one making me do it. And I even when he uh, even when Jimmy brought up the kid and Nucky didn't say no, I feel like even Jimmy kind of had a a, a twinge in his head thinking like, Damn, that's a stone cold. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> no, I agree. I agree on hundred percent. It's, it's getting, this is, this is something it's getting they, pretty real. <laughs> this is something I don't feel like they ever anticipated in Atlantic city. Right. Right. And it's come to this point. So, and we'll get into more of that. As the uh, the show progresses, well, the episode did not the show necessarily. Even I mean, the show obviously, but the episode even progresses. Right. So from there we go, and we get to see uh, the uh, Delacino uh, De brothers are meeting with Rostine. Right. And Rostine is uh, basically explaining. <laughs> he's he's pretty much saying he's like, um, yeah, you know, here's how you make some money, or we're going to make money with alcohol. So I understand that y'all are in the alcohol business. Y'all are wanting to make some cash. He's trying to, in a way, I feel like Rossi's trying to talk their lingo, but it's not working because right. he's above he's above them, right? Right. No. Yeah. Absolutely. And and you can I, tell that in just the way, like the presentation, the the way these guys walk in, the way they just kind of stand there and like well grovel. That Rothstein, yeah. they're just, you know, it, it, it's pretty apparent that uh, these guys are small time in comparison. Um, but, you know, Rothstein for, I'm assuming, his own gain at some point uh, is egging them on and, you know, trying to give them the impression that he wants to help them out as well. He even brings up his, you know, his reputation is is a hard thing to, to build up and... You know, why did you come here? It's, oh, is it because you thought you would get a square deal? And they're like, oh, yeah, of course. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's basically telling them, like, so this is what you can do. We can do two types of um, of, of alcohol. He's like, we can do the rot gut, which Nucky immediately is like, or not Nucky, sorry. Um, Mickey Doyle's like, I used to do that. And he's like, yeah. He's like, that's the idiot way. Yeah, I was like, shut up, Doyle. God. <laughs> uh, and then he talks about the best way, obviously, is bringing in high, like, scotch, right? Like, right. for us today, I would imagine he's talking about expensive scotch. You know, like a bottle of scotch, a good scotch today is what? You're going to spend what? For a really good bottle of scotch, what, 100 bucks a bottle? Right, right exactly. So back then, during Prohibition, what do you think they're spending? I mean, even in today's dollars, I bet you're talking $500, $1,000 a bottle, right? Right. Like at least a $100 markup, if not more. Right. And that's what he's saying is this is how you want to go. Yeah, you can make this cheap stuff, but this is the way that you need to do it. And and on that subject, it, it kind of stood out to me. I mean – 
you know, throughout human history, the most pricey stuff is always like the most chic thing to have. But it kind of stuck out that they're talking about scotch and, you know, really good whiskey is going to be the chic thing in America. And I was like, well, son of a bitch, that's that, it's still that, you know, yeah. having a bottle of like super expensive whiskey in your in your cabinet is like, oh, shit, that's that's some uh, that's some chic shit right there. That, this guy knows what he's doing because he's got this super expensive bottle of whiskey in his in his cupboard. So um, yeah. I thought it was kind of funny because it's almost like the start of that trend uh, happening right here. And that trend is still super prevalent now. You know, a hundred, almost a hundred years later, <laughs> people are yeah. still like, okay, that guy's cool because he's got that, you know, super rare, wins. super expensive, yeah, <laughs> bottle yeah. of scotch. No, I agree. That's this, and I don't know if it was starting before this. I don't know if that was a popular thing or not. I mean, I imagine it's always kind of been that way, right? But this could have easily been what kind of started that process of people looking at alcohol. In a different light, especially rich people. Right, right. The the more expensive and the more pure you can get, the uh, the higher, higher, um, the higher your status. <laughs> yeah, your so your so, your uh, social standing. Right. Or that's how I, yeah that's how I would look at it. So one of the things he talks about in it is um he takes out uh, life insurance policies on him. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna. Th- Putting with the times, okay? This is 1920. He did $500,000 per person, so that's three of them, okay? So $500,000 per person, that's his life insurance policy on them because uh, in case he basically saying, I don't want you to screw me over. This is what's going to you know help prevent this, right? Right. Now, nine, now, like I said, inflation calculators – Past, I believe it's like the 1940s. I still haven't double checked that, but I believe it's the 1940s, if I remember correctly. Inflation calculators past that, they're not the best. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're not as accurate. Like you can sit there and say today, a dollar today versus a dollar in 1970, and you're like very, very accurate on that. Okay. 1920s, you're not as accurate, but there's still some way of working it, but not a whole lot. Right. So, but you can still kind of roughly figure it out. $500,000 in 1920, okay, is how much now? Um, is it six figures at least? Is it? Yeah, it's six figures. Uh, I don't know, 200000 something around there? No, 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 no. 500000 then is how much oh. now? Oh, 500000 then. Um, that's how much the life insurance policy for is worth five hundred thousand. Oh shit! I thought I thought it was <laughs> I was way off. Okay, wow. So you thought it was what five thousand? Yeah, I thought it. <laughs> I, I thought sw- it was fifteen thousand total. <laughs> no, 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 five hundred thousand. Wow, per person. Yeah. Um, fuck. I don't know. What is that like? Three million now. Six million three hundred ninety-five thousand six hundred and fifty-nine dollars and ninety cents. Wow! <laughs> and that's uh February or March of nineteen twenty because I assume that this was March, <laughs> right? <laughs> and they just sign it. 
I mean, means, you know, at that point, that means, I guess. That means that that is almost $19 million between the three of them. Jesus. I mean, I like Mickey Doyle, but fuck that dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> but and and that's why it kind of it kind of blew my mind because, like I said, they just go and sign it. Now, considering their situation, they're sitting here in front of Arnold Rothstein, and they're talking about you know uh, illegal shit. So right. they don't have a whole lot of choice but to sign these policies. But when they signed them, I was like, you are literally signing a paper that says I'm going to get murdered later because why wouldn't Rothstein just murder these fools later and cash in on six million dollars today's currency? Here's the thing. <laughs> they're not the smart. Look how they're. Look, I'm not trying to be a stereotype here. Look, did you watch how they signed the forms? Yeah. One of, them, one of like, them like literally is like holding like the holding pen it. all weird. Yeah. <laughs> And we've all known Mickey Doyle from the beginning. They're not yeah, exa- not uh, <laughs> not exactly the sharpest tool. <laughs> so <laughs> he has them sign him. I I uh, he has. I don't think that he's having them sign. I don't think he's doing it as a setup. You know, but it's definitely uneasy. <laughs> it's an uneasy yeah. feeling, right? Like, yeah, oh, I, I'm sure shit. he does because you know, obviously, a long term investment is going to make you more money in the long run, but to be able to put this kind of insurance policy on your long-term investment, that's pretty damn good. <laughs> oh yeah. That's what kind of business person. And that's what kind of money he has. Right. right. So, and then we get to see as they leave, um, he shows though his true, he hates them so much. Right. Nucky hates them and he hates them. And you can tell he hates that he's having to work with them. Because yeah. as, as he says to Lucky as they're leaving, he's like, you know what I uh, like about the Bronx Zoo? Or what is it like? You know what I like about seeing the monkeys at the Bronx Zoo? There's yeah. bars between you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he cannot stand these people. Yeah. And, he, and I think he hates that he's having to work with them. Yeah. Like, yeah, he but he hates Nucky that much more. But yeah, I was gonna say he hates Nucky so much more that he will work with these guys that he loathes just to get back at him. <laughs> <laughs> so we go from there. We get to see uh, Margaret and um, Nucky are at a they're they're at their, I, guess, I guess I would call it their house. Yeah. I mean, well, I, they're they're at. The the place that he's got Margaret shacked up at, um, which you know is is on the uh, the 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 street where all of the uh, what, what, concubines, what they, concubines, yeah, all the concubines live. So they're back at that house, um, just hanging out, I guess. Okay, see, I, I just didn't know. I didn't know if I'd call. I mean, because he doesn't have a house. You know, he's at the hotel, right? So I didn't know. I don't. I don't. Yeah. So they're at the house. We'll just say the house. The house. Yeah. And um, Nucky's reading the Road to Oz. Um, right. I, I looked up a little bit about the Road to Oz. I was kind of curious to see if it had any meaning in this episode. I couldn't find a lot. Um, but uh, we'll actually be talking about it during our break. That's what we're going to be learning about is uh, about the. Uh, the Oz books, but um, all I really kind of got from it was it was the fourth book in the series, and I read like a small little synopsis of it. I, I couldn't figure anything out. There was really no meaning to it other than it's a, you know, we all know what the Oz books are, you know, Wizard of Oz and Land of Oz and all that. Um, <clears throat> and 
I didn't get a lot out of it other than it's just a fantasy thing. And I guess it's just something kind of, I guess, nucky reading because that's what you would have read your kids back then, you know? Right. It just, I guess it's kind of like the way you, what we've said, it's putting it with the times. Yeah. And so he's reading that Margaret tries to bribe him. And she's not successful is how I, 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 my, that's how I put it in my notes because there's really no other way of saying it. She's trying this bribing thing. Right. And right. it's not very good. He gets pissed off. Right? right. And he's basically like, this is not, this is, this is not proper discussion. You now know this, do not bring it up again. Right. And I think, uh, I think she was kind of testing him because, um, earlier we said that, uh, Madame Genet was asking for Margaret's help in getting, uh, getting her rent to come down and right. Madame Jeanne, you know, kind of nudges Margaret in the direction of, well, you know, use your feminine wiles, guilt him into saying that, well, if my, if the shop closes then I have nowhere to go for all of my beautiful dresses, you don't want me to not be beautiful. Do you? So Madame Jeanne kind of nudges her in that direction of using vanity and, um, you know, uh, shallow, arguments to get her way. Um, but in the scene, Margaret tries to use reason and her intelligence and, you know, she tries, yeah. like you said, she tries to persuade him using other methods in this scene and it absolutely does not work. <laughs> right. Not at all. And I, and I can't figure, I think it's cause I think, I think Nucky sees it. And he sees what she's doing. I think I'm not. Po- I, I'm. I'm honestly not positive if, if he knows what she's doing. But he sees what she's doing, and she. And he's basically like, "No, I don't like this. I right. don't like that you're getting involved in this. You're learning a little too much." I. I don't know if that's what it is, but that's kind of like how I'm interpret in, interpreting it. Right. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Um, no, it does. So. She he, anyway, so Nucky gets mad and he basically leaves and is like, "I've got an early morning. I'm not going to stay here." Right? And which right. obviously upsets her. Right. And we go from there to seeing um, Angela is, which is uh, uh, Jimmy's baby mama. Um, it is Angela. Yes, Angela. I keep wanting to call her um, something else. Like in my notes, oh Abigail for some reason. Oh. Um, <laughs> But um, Angela, and she's with uh, Vincent Price Jr. Yeah, Vincent Price Jr., creepy okay. ass fucking. So I, ha- <laughs> I asked my wife this. He's sleazy as shit, okay? Right. He, right he's sleazy, right? He looks less sleazy, though. Yeah, a little bit. Did you notice that? Yeah. I don't know if they made his mustache more normal looking, but he's more sleazy now than I've ever seen him. But he looks less sleazy. And yeah. I don't know, and I don't know why. So it's something I actually had in my notes. I was like, why is he less sleazy looking? He might have gained some weight, maybe. I don't know. He, uh, Yeah, you're right, though. You're he right. Looks a he, little, he looks a little different. Yeah. Anyway, so something I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> so he's there. Uh, him and his wife, they're over at her house talking about her artwork. She's... Right. Okay, so this is where it's all really kind of coming together, okay? He's using her because he's wanting to have 
um, oh man, uh, a menage a trois, right? There you go. I, I was like, I got to use a French for. Ah, okay. uh, you <laughs> fucked up your French again, didn't you? Damn yeah, it! At, that was right. <laughs> um, he is. They're wanting to do. He or he is wanting to do. I don't know if they are, but he is wanting to do menage a trois. Right. I don't know if his wife is into it. I honestly can't tell. Jimmy's wife, um, Angela, wants nothing to do with him. I I don't think either of of the ladies are into the into the notion. Um, honestly, I think that they are both kind of playing along with it just to okay, you know, just so that they can get away with being with each other um, without him, you know. I don't know, getting in the way or, or, or putting the kibosh on the whole situation. So, okay. Uh, they kind of brought him in just to be, just to, uh, sedate him, I guess, just to, just to get him happy enough to where they can have their own thing. All right. So cause that's what I wasn't for sure about that because he's obviously really coming on. Right. I mean, it, I don't know. His wife just kind of seems like she's into it a little bit, but I can't tell. But like I said, I'm not a hundred percent on that. Um, but either way, so he's using her, right? Like, right. 100%. He's like, Oh yeah, I've got this art dealer, blah, blah, you know, he's going to come in and he's in Europe temporarily, but he'll be back. And Angela's all excited about it. So, but here's the thing. I don't necessarily feel bad for Angela because right. she's using him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're using each other. He's trying to get into her pants, and he, she's trying to get into his friend's wallet, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's exactly. Really so they're basically about to, I don't know if they're about to go into the bedroom. I can't tell. And uh, that's whenever um, Jimmy comes home, right? Right. And Which so, you know, as uh, yeah, just the most inopportune time because Jimmy already had suspicions about um, Vincent Price Jr. Right, um, and so you know, bursting in while they're here and acting super awkward, just like <laughs> super super awkward, like oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. We weren't doing anything. Yeah, you're right. Um, it just obviously, you know, uh, gave credence in Jimmy's head to the whole situation. Yeah. So he's coming in. Obviously, it's super awkward. I think the only thing that's saving him from whooping that guy's ass is the fact that his wife's there. <laughs> right which as we know from the other side that's the more reason to want to whoop that guy yeah right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably the only thing that's saving him right so they they leave and him and her uh we find out she's been sitting him, or he tried to send her um at western union she didn't get it right and um She's upset because he's been gone. He just up and left. And he's saying that he's back, that, you know, everything's good now. And then they go in for, I want to call it like a passionate embrace, but it's not. Right. So I watch this. Now, I'm, 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 I'm married. I have a wife. And me and my wife, we were watching this episode. And I asked her in this, 
I was like, um, because I'll be honest, like I I don't necessarily, I don't know if I could always read women. Okay. Right. That's me. I don't right. know. Maybe you're a hundred percent on that. I I'm not. Okay. I don't have the Mel Gibson, <laughs> the Mel Gibson movie from the. I assure you, I'm not one hundred percent on. That. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, I asked her. I was like, is this, is this like a passionate embrace? Like they're in this like heated argument, and then they start kind of kissing, and you know, like all of a sudden it's a little more passionate. I, right. Because to me. The whole thing is dirty. It feels really awkward. And her, I asked her right up. I was just like, well, what do you think? And she's told me and what I, and, and this is how I was feeling on it. And I don't know if you took it different is that she basically just gives up. Like, she's like, nope, I just have to let him have this. I thought, so. I don't know. I think it was a, a bit more complex. Um, that's what I thought at first, but I honestly think that she, gave in out of a lot of different things. Um, okay. Maybe giving up, uh, because you know, he's, he's just going after her, but I think that also kind of turned her on, uh, because I mean, they, they did spend how many years together. They have a child together and she knows that he's a little bit on the fence about the whole thing, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's Jimmy's kid. So that's a big deal there too. And I think I feel like that was an actual real connection that they had, um, from him being gone for so long. Um, there, there was a lot of things at play there, but I feel like that was a genuine reaction and that she really did miss him on some level. And that was just the primal reaction that they both had to seeing each other for uh, after so long okay that's so i was just that was how i took it i I can see where you're coming from on that too and that's why i'm just not for sure and um i'll come back to my reasoning for this a a little bit later um where i also where i i had that feeling and then we'll go over it again and see yeah uh so from there we go and we get to see agent michael shannon agent michael shannon yes the real and hotness of the show. This is the the dreamy man with <laughs> eyes, that stern jaw. <laughs> uh, we see that um, he's gotten a call. We're not really for sure yet what it is. And his dumb partner comes in with a donut. And yeah. he's, <laughs> he slaps the shit out of that donut. <laughs> you know, I've lost, the first time I watched this episode, I lost it. I was like, oh, my God. Dude, because you see that donut hit the ground and fly. <laughs> it's just such oh. a typical, like, you're such a typical cop. Like get the yeah. get that donut out of here. Get that donut out of my face. I like it because he, he says he's like, "Hey, they got pastries." Yeah, <laughs> like that guy's whole morning is ruined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's coming in, and um, he basically tells him he got a call from Western Union that um, that Western Union got a call from. Uh, uh, the butler Eddie uh, asking why they hadn't gotten telegrams. Right, but Western Union had sent the telegrams over to them, and we find out that the uh, partner has been hiding the telegrams. Right, right. 
So Michael Shannon's upset about it because he's saying basically there's only two reasons that you would have hid those telegrams. Either one, you're incompetent, or two, um, it was intentional, and he won't stand right. for either one. And he basically tells him it was intentional. I intentionally hid these because you're nuts is right. pretty much what he's saying, right? Right. In the last episode, we saw the, the head, um, their boss, come in and like tell him, bring me information or stop this right now. So, yeah, his his little uh, deputy there is scared for his job um, and doesn't want Ancient Michael Shannon going any further with this crazy uh, witch hunt that he's after. Yeah. He's so, yeah, that I mean, there's really nothing else to add on to that. Like, that's exactly what it is. Like, that's. Sorry, I just I hit play on our because we have it up on our screens, right? I just hit play, and right when I hit play, it was him <laughs> smacking the smacking donut. The do- <laughs> Sorry, it's just I honestly can watch that scene again and again. <laughs> and so he gives him the uh, the telegram, and um, they basically say, "Oh, well, he came in yesterday, and right." You know, uh, why didn't you tell me then that that was exactly what you said? Right. So from there we go. And Jimmy's with his son. Um, they're uh, getting ready to have breakfast. Um, Angela's asking him some questions like, well, why are you back? Like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I've got this big raise coming through. Right. She's, I think she says something like what your Nucky is like assistant to the assistant or some. Right. Or something <laughs> like that. Assistant to uh, the regional manager. Assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> <laughs> he answers the phone, gets a call. It's his mom, and we don't know why he's getting a call from her other than he's like, I got to go see her, right? Right. Well, he did say um, while he was on the phone, he said, well, keep him there. And yeah. when he said that, I was like, what is he talking Because we don't actually, during the scene, we don't know that it's his mom. Um, I don't think he ever says it. And then he says, well, keep him yeah. there. And I was like, what is oh, happening? When he, answers, when he answers the phone, he doesn't. But when he's talking to her, he says, that was my mom. Oh, okay. And that's what confused me is that he said that. And I was like, okay, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. That's weird. Um, but yeah, that, that little detail caught me off guard when I first watched it through. Um, but of course we find out what that means here in just a minute. <laughs> yeah. So, to piggyback on what we just talked about with him and his wife with the scene before this. Right. This is where I kind of think that it was more of an awkward, like uh, almost like a forced sexual encounter with him and his wife. She doesn't have breakfast with them. Right. And you can see he's kind of like, well, come on over. And she's like, oh, I'm making myself a pot, a pot of coffee. Right. And it's like, she's almost, like, I don't want to be by you right now. I I don't know. I figure in my head, right, if they had just had this after he was gone, they just had this passionate encounter, that right. she would be a little more loving towards him. Like That's that's where the uh uh the complications come in though. And um because I mean yeah, a passionate sexual encounter can sometimes be like the catalyst for that, but I feel like there was so much both resentment in all of Jimmy's actions so far. Okay. Um in Angela that 
they could have that. And that's why I said before, it was more of a raw, primal, emotional state that they were both in. It, they had just seen each other. It was just something that came out. Um, and so they had that passionate moment, but now she's had time to think about it. She's had, and she's bringing up all the things she's been dwelling on. He's been gone. He hasn't been helping me at all. Um, you know, now she's thinking about that, but I think there's that other layer still that under layer where they still have, you know, a very strong connection to each other. So it's just a okay. in my head I I think it's a it's a more layered and uh complicated dynamic between those two. Okay. I can see that. Okay. That's how I was just I was explaining my side of it. Like I like that though. We're getting two different interpretations from that's why this show is so good, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so we get to see that um he he's basically said or he does basically he does say he says it's time we have another kid, right? And right, which is which is honestly weird. like that was so the 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 cringiest thing you could possibly do in that situation because like I said, I mean, they did have that one moment and I feel like that's still under there somewhere, but dude, you've been gone, you like bolted out of nowhere and then you just showed up out of nowhere. You came and back that's your answer. <laughs> you came back from World War 1, was back a month at yeah. best left for several months yeah and is are now back in a sweet ass suit yeah, yeah right <laughs> all of a sudden you're talking i just got this new job let's have a kid let's have another kid like that is that is the worst that's never the answer if no. you feel like you're having trouble with your significant other don't have a kid thinking that's going to fix anything. <laughs> that's the that's worst wrong. idea. <laughs> so are... when he said that, both me and my wife were like, oh, no, dude, no. <laughs> like, that's just bad idea, idea jeans. Yes. I just, oh, it's just, oh, I, I can't even, I can't even comment more on it. That's it. That's it. Yep. <laughs> so with that. Uh, let's go ahead and we're going to go and take a little break right here. The history of the Oz books. Um, so we're going to learn a bit about those and we'll be right back to do a little more chin wagging. The Oz books are a series of books about the world of Oz. Developed and originally written by L. Frank Baum, Mr. Baum wrote 14 books about Oz and the adventures of Dorothy and Princess Ozma. The first book was The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, published in 1900, with his final book about Oz being Gilda of Oz, published in 1920. The books and their style of writing were in a way made to seem as though Baum was receiving communications from characters via wireless telegraph services. Sadly, Baum passed away in 1919 from a stroke, with his final words being, Now we can cross the shifting sands, a reference to the world of Oz. I hope you learned a little bit about Oz. Now let's get back to chin wagging. Yeah. 
And we are back from the break. Um, hopefully we learned a little bit of something about the uh, Oz books. Um, I didn't realize there was more than The Wizard of Oz. Oh, and, Yeah, right. And I the, mean, there was that ballin'-ass movie from the 80s with that girl from The Craft. But, oh, I um, forgot about that. Yeah, and I, I need to rewatch that movie because that, that shit was, number one, way trippier than the original. And number two... I mean, it's got the chick from the craft, so. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, great. She's like, what, nine in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, she's, yeah, she's, she's a kid, but, you know, she's, she's pretty badass still. And, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that movie. Oh, I cannot, re- but there was like the thing that you like wind up and stuff like that in it. Yeah, um, TikTok. Yay. Was his name. <laughs> Dude, I completely forgot about that. I was just going to say the Michael Jackson movie. The Wiz. <laughs> was that one of the books? Yeah. Was the Wiz based on? <laughs> yeah, that was actually the original. A uh, lot, of, a little known fact that uh, <laughs> came out in the 1910s, and they based the Wizard of Oz on that. <laughs> on the Wiz. Yeah. <laughs> little known fact: character's name was actually Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> they had to change it so they didn't get sued. <laughs> Copyright laws were pretty strict back in the day. <laughs> Joe Jackson went into the past threatening to beat someone. <laughs> R.I.P. Sorry. Sorry, Joe. Yes. Yeah, sorry, Joe Jackson. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So um, we are back and um, <laughs> we uh, are coming back and it's uh Lucky and Jillian are in a, uh, they're in, I guess this is Jillian's apartment. Um, it looks, I want to say it's a hotel, but I don't think she lives in a hotel. I think she has like an apartment because it doesn't look like a house. That's, no. That's, yeah. Yeah. And, it's, it, it does look like an apartment. Well, it's definitely not a house. Cause I forgot at, at the, when this would end or this scene ends, you know, they're coming downstairs. Yeah. They're coming downstairs. That's right. So, um, so they're, they're in bed though. It's uh Jillian and uh Lucky. And they're little doing little, you know, whispering sweet nothings and yeah, pill, pillow talk. Yeah, and um, so the person coming in is Jimmy, <laughs> right? And and we were talking about it um, earlier that you know Jimmy picks up the phone while he's back at his place and says, "Well, keep him there." And you know now we see this is uh, this is what the phone call was pertaining to was keeping Lucky there so that uh, Jimmy could get over there in a hurry and uh, yeah. I guess uh, yeah, take care of him. Yeah, take care of business after his mom's already taken care of him. Yeah, exactly. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which honestly is still still kind of weirds me out a bit. Just like I don't know. Well, like, th- that was going to be my kill you, and now you're you're banging his mom, and yeah, I don't know. It was just it's still kind of weird. <laughs> so that was going to be my second thing about it. You have him. With his mom, and he's admitted, like, and I like how he's just like, he's like, how about I blow your fucking head off or something? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of like Nucky's, like, mannerism, though. He's like, I'd appreciate it if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just like how he's like, we have a special relationship. It's it's just weird. Right? Yeah, yeah. Now, to, to be fair, though. I don't think I. They haven't said Jillian's age. I don't think she's that old. No, no. Obviously, I mean, just looking at her, yeah, she's obviously not. Uh, you would never think 
she had a kid Jimmy's age, which of course, uh, well, do we even know how old Jimmy is? I don't remember ever, you know, hearing exactly how old this kid is. (laughs) I don't think they have said, if I was to guess, I would say he's 25, something like that. That's what, yeah, yeah, that's what I would think too. So, I mean, you know. He'd been in the military, I would say 25 at best. Right, right, because yeah, obviously... If he was in the military, he got shipped off at what seventeen, maybe sixteen. If yes. you know, back in the day, that 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 was possible, I suppose. But because he was about to go to college, he gave up going to. Uh, oh right, right. He was going to go to school. Princeton. Yeah. So he's eighteen. Eighteen. Right. Nineteen would be the oldest. I would say he went into the military. Right. I would say he was eighteen to nineteen, and then he was what? Probably in the military. What four years? Yeah, I would say probably yeah three or four years. So yeah, probably around twenty five ish. Yeah, you're right. So you know, looking at Jillian, I mean, y- you would never assume she had a twenty five year old kid for no, sure. I, <laughs> I looking at her. In all honesty, looking at her, I would say she's what. I would say she's under 30. She's our age, yeah, <laughs> at most. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, okay, I don't think she was five when she gave birth to Yeah, her, right. <laughs> but she's obviously, she's not in, she's, you can tell she definitely is not your stereotypical, what you would call mother. Well, and, right. and obviously she's not, she works in that profession and all of that. Right. So, so we'll, we'll just, we'll just call her a MILF and, and go with that. Yes, we will. <laughs> <laughs> No, they just have like a very weird relationship. Like I said, I I understand with her uh, where she's at, that the profession she's in, it's just strange. Right, right. But um, even so, like uh, the relationship between uh, her and Lucky, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird that. Um, this situation went this direction because it always kind of seemed like they had some kind of emotional connection with each other, or at least that's what we've been thinking. Um, I, in, in the few episodes that we've seen, uh, Jillian, you know, having any kind of, uh, interaction with the main players, like let, let's say Nucky or anyone like that, you kind of get a bit of a sense that she knows what's happening already. Like she yeah. knew something and that's maybe the reason she got involved with lucky. You don't really know. It's, it's that kind of stuff is still in the background. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that yet, but it was okay. kind of weird that she just immediately sided with Jimmy and decided to she- double cross lucky who she's been banging for just, at least a month, right? I mean, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, yeah, no, definitely. It's definitely been a month because, no, definitely. It's that de- I would say at the bare minimum, it's been a month. Right. And and she straight up was just like, I'll drop you. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like not even a thing. Um, and not just a drop like a, hey, we're broken up like a, hey, my son's going to go and shoot you in the back yeah. of the fucking head. Drop like, <laughs> I'm going to help my son murder you right now. <laughs> Like legit, really dropping this dude. So I, I thought that was a kind of crazy, but like I said, I, I think there's a lot more in play there that uh, we maybe don't know about yet. Um, and that's just me, you know, b- trying to to guess what's going on. So <laughs> I no, might no, no, be no. completely wrong on that point. <laughs> we'll see. I guess. 
No, I liked it because, um, as we've said again and again, this is your where we're at now. You have not seen. I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. In fact, um, what happens next? Just, just, I, I just about shit myself (laughs) with what happens next. (laughs) We'll get to that in a little bit. (laughs) But even me, like I said, I've watched the show all the way through one hundred percent one time, and then I've watched it. Like in the background a second time. Um, right. So I would consider myself like one and a half times watching it. Now, but this time watching it, I'm getting this new perspective of it, which has been really cool. Right. And then and then knowing what happens later, it's like, oh, I didn't catch this here. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is kind of cool here. And, so, and that's the thing about, yeah, all of these kind of shows is that it, if you watch it again the next time through – you don't have to focus so much on the main parts of it. So you get to pick up a lot more details. You get to, you know, see things you didn't see the first time through because you're not, yeah. you know, putting all of your attention on the main storyline that's going on. And I've, I've experienced that, you know, watching, um, well, <laughs> for, for me and my wife, our main show that we do that with is the office. Cause we've seen yes. that show. Like I can't even count how many oh, times God. we've watched that series through. Like I literally I want to guess. Yeah. And we pay for a Netflix subscription just so we can watch the office over and over and over again. But every single time <laughs> we end up catching new details that we never would have picked up on before because, you know, we've already paid attention to all the, the, the things that are up front, like right in your face. And now we're just looking at certain other things. So, I still, yeah, that's that's it. Like that's that's I, I I agree. And and this show, in all honesty, it's the same way. We go from there. We go to the seeing Michael Shannon, and uh, he's they arrest Jimmy and Lucky and Lucky. I like how Lucky's like y'all don't understand. Like I, I don't remember the wording he says, but he says something like y'all don't understand how lucky you are or I am or something something. Like yeah, that, he's right? like you have no idea how happy I am to see you guys. Like and. and <laughs> That part just threw me right the fuck off because I mean, I, I while he was uh, while Jimmy was dragging Lucky down the stairs. Oh right, I was, I was like, gonna get into this. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Yes. I, well, no, I, w- I was just telling myself I was like, wait a minute, Lucky Luciano didn't die like this early in in the history of Prohibition. This can't be right because I was like fully like, holy shit, Jimmy's about to murder this fool. So I was like, what's, what is going to happen? And then boom, there's agent Michael Shannon. I mean, honestly, that, that scene like blew my fucking mind. I I could not believe it. It it was such a, such a twist for me. Um, Well, and then, so as they're walking down the stairs, Nucky and uh, Jimmy are talking and Nucky's admitting, and I kept meaning to go back. I cannot honestly hear what he says, Uh, but he's pretty much stating that. There is one of the guys that's ratting out on the other guys that's involved in the trade with uh, the the booze between Atlantic City and Al Capone, right? Oh, I guess I didn't. I I missed that part of the conversation. Yes. He says something along the lines of uh, so-and-so. I can get you in. And he's like, what? He's like, they're going in for their own. Oh, that's right. That's right. But I can't remember what he says, and I don't remember if he's talking about Meyer Lansky, yeah. you know, which is the uh, the Jewish mafia accountant from right. the, a couple episodes ago. I don't know if he's talking about him. I honestly can't hear it. 
And if you're a, if if you're listening to the podcast and you can hear what he says, please write in and let us know. I honestly couldn't hear. I listened to it twice. I can't hear the exact thing he says. Uh, but then later on, Jimmy brings it up with Nucky. He's like, "No, I heard it from the horse's mouth." Right. Right. And we'll get into that again uh, here in a little bit. But uh, so then so- you think uh, uh, you think maybe Lucky was trying to get. Uh- by himself out of this situation and trying to cut a hundred percent something. Huh? A hundred percent. I think, I think he was, here's the thing. Lucky won't rat to cops. Lucky's a right. true gangster. Okay. Lucky is a true gangster. He will not rat to cops. He will rat to another gangster. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because that other gangster will pay him. A cop won't pay him. A cop will give him his life. He doesn't give a shit about his life. He right. cares about money. Right. Right? So I think he will absolutely fuck somebody over when it comes to him at least living and making a little more money. I, I was going to say, he's he's just completely just backstabbing, and that's all he knows. Just backstab, yeah. backstab, backstab, two-face. Do whatever you can to make sure you come out on top. <laughs> exactly. No, I fully, I fully think that uh, Lucky is that kind of a person. But like yeah. I say, but he won't rat to a cop. Like, yeah. There's no way. No, he will never rat to a cop. <laughs> so he's got that principle going for him, I suppose. <laughs> hey, you take what you can get. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so we go from there to the mayor. Is the mayor? I'm sorry, this scene just cracked. The mayor's meeting with Nucky, and I like how he's like, he's got all this stuff. How can I win? And Nucky's just like, that away, mayor. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you basically, the, the mayor of your town literally cannot handle any criticism or right. any form of competition. <laughs> oh my God. I can't even do that. What are we going to do? <laughs> this other guy is looking good. Like, that's it. Like, nope. <laughs> Honestly, this entire scene, that's all I have on it. Like, did you get anything else out of it? Well, uh, Deputy Dumbass is sitting there with them. And oh, I felt like that I, was a pretty, pretty big thing because... Um, I have that in my note. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. Go ahead. I, I'm going to let you talk about it. I forgot I, I have, like, when I write my notes, when I actually handwrite them, I put, like, a little line for different scenes. And on this one, I have a line, and then I have it marked out, and I have a, don't line that, you dumb fuck. Because <laughs> I'm talking to myself. And, it literally, and literally, hold on, next to the line, it says, deputy dumbass. <laughs> Uh, my bad (laughs) see when we make up our own names for these characters we remember them no problem we know exactly who we're talking about i was like why do i have this line here so uh yes so deputy dumbass go ahead go ahead on this (laughs) so yeah he's he's in this meeting with the mayor and and nucky and um it it comes up that um you know, in order to win, the elections are coming up. We need to make sure that we have a strong, you know, strong unity in all of these parties that are up for reelection. Right. And Deputy Dumbass starts talking about Eli and how, yes. well, I don't know if we can really rely on Eli. You're going to need somebody strong leading the men of the police force and, uh, you know, to it's have your back. It's physically me rolling my eyes and, right now. <laughs> and I'm your guy right here. Like Deputy Dumbass. 
is here trying to weasel his dumbass way into the top spot on. on the police force. Hold on. Did it work? No. I mean, obviously. Well, uh, I want to say no. I really want to say no. But considering the situation Nucky's in right now and it's election season and all of these circumstances, I kind of feel like Deputy Dumbass made an impact in this meeting. That's and it, it right pisses there. me the fuck off. <laughs> it didn't. I will say this. Do we know for a fact that it worked? No. No. Do we, do we know for a fact it failed? No. There you go. Not. And it pisses me off because this guy <laughs> is a fucking idiot. <laughs> and he has made that clear so far throughout the show until this point where he's like actually doing something. I, I hate to admit it, but like, damn, dude, that was kind of smart of you for your own yeah. situation. Like, uh, okay, but fuck you anyway. I mean, it, it's weird right. to think that Nucky would go against his own brother except that they've already out. had kind of tension between each other. And now, I mean, Nucky is more concerned about winning right now than anything yes. else. And, uh, well, and, and we will find out later the reason that Nucky is feeling this way. We'll find out here in just a short little bit kind of more of a rationale about why that, right? Right. With the, with the Commodore and stuff like that. But we're right. going to get into that. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. But yeah, that, that really threw me for a loop. And it yeah. just it, it made me real angry at this piece of shit <laughs> weaseling his way into this position. Now, what did you think when he said, come November? Um, well, I mean, obviously, November is, you know, when elections are happening. But right, 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 right. yeah, yeah. Um. I, I don't know. I kind of got the feeling because during the conversation, it kind of just seemed like he wanted to be the liaison between Nucky and the police force. But now he's like, I want the position. I want Eli's position. And um, yeah, come November, obviously Nucky is going to be thinking about it um, in right. order to further himself, you know, and uh, use that to his advantage. I think he looked at it how I took it. He looked at it as like, hey, Nucky, we've had our differences. Come November, you have my back because you know I got your brother's spot. Right. That's right. how I looked at it. He, I don't think he intentionally meant it as a threat. But I think he meant it as a, as a as uh, an arrogance like, uh, I, I have this in November. I'm right. going to win. Like. Like, he basically was throwing his hat in the ring without throwing his hat that, in the ring. I was about it, to it, say that. I was about to say, like, so you are planning on running against Eli, is, is what you're saying. You are you're planning on running uh, for this for this office. Right. That's how I looked at it. I mean, the, like I said, you and me both, we are both very into uh, politics. We're both, mm -hmm. I would consider us both extremely political savvy. That's yeah, I try how to I, keep up. I mean, yeah, I, I try to keep up as much as possible. Right. Like that's something I will definitely say with you and me. We and we but we don't necessarily always have the same political opinions on things. Right. But when it comes to act, actual just pol politics, which is a lot of people that's hard to differentiate. There's right. political ideology and then there's right. literal politics. Actual politics, how things happen, how things work and yeah, right. I think we both have a pretty good grasp on the uh the game, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so that's how I took it. Is it's essentially a hey, I'm not we throwing my hat in, smart. but <laughs> I watch Fox News every morning. <laughs> <laughs> the Drudge Report is delivered constantly to my doorstep. And no, I'm just kidding. I don't have any of that. Um, but I read the Times once. So. I have a paid subscription to the New York Times, so I'm pretty I smart. Uh, <laughs> I understand the comics in the Atlantic. Okay, oh, so use that a as a <laughs> you arrogant son of a bitch. <laughs> So from there we go, and we're seeing uh, James is uh, – I don't know how to describe it. He's James is meeting with uh, – J- yes, James is meeting with Ancient Michael Shannon, and it is – this is all a game. Okay, now this is what I like. Okay, I can get into this because I used to work in law enforcement, right? Oh, yeah, there so, you go. Yep. Yeah. Okay, now – as I've said before, and I'll, I'm going to say it again, I'm not trying to just repeat myself. I was never a cop. I will never say I was a cop. I was never a cop, okay? Uh, I worked another form of law enforcement. Um, I, I just I, – I, I dealt with criminals on a daily basis. Yeah. I dealt with um, th- criminals potentially committing new criminal acts on a daily right. basis and things like that, okay? I mean so, even now in, in, in your current line of work – um you it's part of your job to kind of ask the right questions and yeah. oh, cut absolutely. through bullshit that's you know that's uh, you you've had to deal with that quite a bit yeah i just get paid way more yeah. how to do it <laughs> so um but th- th- what i like is this this is all a game right right so Working when I was in law enforcement. Now, my current profession it does nothing. This this type of tactic that Michael Shane is using, my current profession, this doesn't apply, right? In law enforcement, one hundred percent it applies. Okay, so basically, when you can find a weakness in somebody, you have won. Right. Okay. That is your ultimate goal. Once you find a weakness in somebody and you can dig at that weakness, you have now won that argument and you've right. won that conversation. So what I love about this is they play this game very realistic. With them going back and forth, and I love I love Jimmy in this, okay? Watching yeah. him as a criminal, I love him doing this because here's the thing. he At one point, he even gets pissed off. Yeah. And I me personally, he gives a little. Yeah, he does. Right. Me personally, in law enforcement, I have things said to me where you will sit there and you'll have to take it, and you have to sit there and you have to do that stone face. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You have to take that deep breath. Yeah. And you have to take it and you have to laugh at it. You have to learn so bad how to laugh at yourself. You have to know. Yeah. You know what? Fine. You want to call me a fat ass? All right. Cool. You want to call me? <laughs> Um, the, the married to, uh, of this cool. Oh, I can't take my wife in marriage because she's this. <laughs> okay. You have to learn how to laugh at yourself, right? Where he ultimately wins is when he is telling Michael Shannon, he figures out Michael Shannon's weakness and he yeah. learns how to win that game. Yeah. And I, I don't know. 
I just, this whole scene, I loved it so much because I'm watching, I'm like, oh my God, yes. Because here's the thing, had Michael Shannon not done that, I could have told you right now what what Jimmy, you could have said to Jimmy, and it would have had him winning, but... Michael oh yeah, Shannon. <laughs> Michael Shannon. Now, great. I mean, I say that, but he, Jimmy could have come back and said some other shit to me or whatever. So, you know, <laughs> Jimmy's very good at that game. For I was going to say, they both held their own pretty well in they that did. back and forth. They did. They definitely did. But just watching the way that scene was written and just the flow of everything, I loved. I loved that scene so much. I I can't I can't go on enough about it. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Michael Shannon never once gave up their chess piece, right? Not right. once did he give up their, their, their high card or whatever you want to say. He never once gave that up. That only came up later. Right. Okay. He never once gave up. So Michael Shannon, I'm not going to say he fully lost that game, but he definitely didn't win it. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, he definitely didn't get the reaction he was, he was expecting. No. Um, with his questioning. And I thought, uh, I thought it was also pretty interesting that he, uh, and I'm sure this is a very, uh, pretty widely used tactic. He kept jumping back and forth between topics like crazy trying to, well, like um, he would talk about, you know, certain crimes in particular, and then he'd jump to Jimmy's personal life. And then he would jump, um, like, uh, what did he talk about in particular? (laughs) Are you doing doing this to me right right now? now, You (laughs) son of a bitch. (laughs) You asshole. <laughs> I still got it. Damn it. <laughs> Whatever, man. Yeah, you got, you got me on that one. <laughs> Where were you at when the movie started? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, so yeah, just uh, as an example, what, what Colton just did to me, um, he just, yeah, he, and it's a it's a tactic to you know to throw your um, your interviewee off guard and try to get him to yeah. trip up. It's it, it was just like you said. I mean, it was a very well played out scene, and it just very realistic um, that you know he was using actual tactics to uh, try to trip Jimmy up. And unfortunately for Michael Shannon, uh, Jimmy held out pretty well. So yeah. Oh no, absolutely. So. From there, he's going um, – now, what I do uh, – what I like is that – so, okay, so – well, all right. Hmm. I'm trying to think how to word this. So, okay, so they play the game. Right. They're, they're, they're done with it. And you Michael, said they don't, they don't play like their, their chest – you know, they don't play their high card yet. Right. But that goes right to the scene where it's played. Right. They, they're, so, they're taking him to the holding cell. They're taking him. Well, now, who, now, hold on, though. Who's taking him to the holding cell? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's the, um, the deputy or uh, Michael Shannon's deputy that was withholding the uh, telegraphs. Which from so far, we have been under the assumption is who? Not the um, smart, not the smartest. Right, right. Not the smartest guy. Uh, not the not the sharpest tack. But um, definitely lacking. He's oh, you're you're not fully doing your job, right? Right, right. And he's taking him back, and Jimmy is 
uh, Jimmy finally sees his uh, his chess piece. Well, we're going to say his chess piece, right? And it's the uh, I, I I didn't write his name down. I should have, uh, but it's the guy who basically ratted him out last episode. Right. It's the the kid that was um, the that looks uh, like driver. Him, looks so much like him. Who's that? That he looks so much like Jimmy. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. And uh, but it was yeah, it was the kid that was a uh, you know lying on the ground with his car flipped over during the uh, heist in episode one. And yeah, it's it was a really genius move for Michael Shannon to make this happen. That they were transferring him out as they're bringing Jimmy into the holding cell, and that's when it snaps in Jimmy's head. Like, what did you tell him? What did you tell him? And when Jimmy reacted the way he did during that scene, it kind of, it like internally, I was like, Jimmy, no, 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 you're giving away too much. You're telling him too much right now. (laughs) He's and he even like hits his head when he gets in the cell. Yeah, like he's like just so pissed off at himself. Yeah, because he was he kept so cool throughout the entire uh, interrogation, and then this is all it took to break him. And uh, yeah, it, it it really it really got me inside. I was like, God, no, Jimmy, you're doing so good. <laughs> <laughs> so from there we go, and uh, we get to see that uh, Margaret and uh, Nucky are <clears throat> they're having a talk. Uh, they're in bed together. Right now, this is where Margaret now becomes. I don't want to say. She becomes dirty. Right. This is where she realizes, oh, I know how to play this game. Now, this is another yeah. game. Yeah. Right? She yeah, now confronting has learned... Nucky head on yes. didn't work in the last scene. So. so she is uh, getting ready. They're having their conversation, and she's basically, she goes and, like, she plays weak. I, I, that's the only way. I, that's the only way I could. I can uh, uh, word it. She plays right. the oh, I'm a weak, innocent girl because Nucky's already exactly. been like, oh, well, you could help me out with the women's suffrage movement. You could do this. You're a big, strong woman, and she's like, I am a big, strong woman. <laughs> oh, but I want to look pretty. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right. You're, she's playing like in a way. Who she's kind of playing Lucy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right? she is. And that's and that's what kind of worried me uh She just doesn't say daddy. Luckily she doesn't say yeah, daddy. Yeah, <laughs> god. <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, the first time she uses that term, my my respect level for her might drop a couple of points. <laughs> <laughs> but um but she definitely is uh, using what she now knows will work on Nucky and and going full blast on that. And it's it's funny that it's exactly what um, Madame Genet told her to do, and uh, yes. and to tell her tell Nucky like, well, you want me to look pretty, don't you? And yeah. it totally works. And he like even picks up the phone automatically, like whenever they have this conversation. Like, well, if you close Madame Genet's shop, then I can't look pretty. He's like, oh, if is that all it is? Uh, I'll take care of it. And he like picks up the phone <laughs> automatically. And I was like, holy shit. And you kind of see it in Margaret's face in that scene right there at the end when he picks up the phone, like, oh shit, this works. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, so we get, well, and, and obviously we're going to see where that goes into later. Right. 
So from there, we get to see Nucky goes to the jail. He's obviously who is he getting escorted by? Yeah, yeah, Same deputy. Guy. Uh, deputy. Yeah, yeah, I, the, the little deputy. Uh, and um, I, I cannot remember his name. I, and the thing I want to call him like the idiot partner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we'll get into it later. <laughs> so he's getting escorted by. Um, uh, now, and I will say this: watching it, I even thought, "Why is he getting escorted by him?" Yeah, like, right. It's kind of weird, right? Like you're watching it, not knowing how this episode ends. Right. When you're watching and you see him getting escorted by this partner, you're like, "Wait, why is he allowing this?" Yeah. So Nucky's getting escorted by uh, Michael Shannon's partner, and he goes in and talks to Jimmy. Now, this is where, and I am so sorry, Como, because <laughs> I spoiled this for you. <laughs> oh yeah, um, no, and and no, you you did you did spoil it for me, uh, but I I I kind of had to point this out a little bit for Bethany, who was oh, not spoiled okay. on this one yet, but. Oh. So so it helped actually. It helped me out a little bit in in noticing some of these details. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and 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 say what you had to say about it. Well, okay, so Nucky is in there and he's talking to Jimmy and Jimmy's obviously very upset, right? Right. He's like, "Well, yeah, they've got obviously. this on me." And he's like, "Bail me out." And Nucky's like, "You've got three murder counts. There's no Yeah. Bail. Yeah, like, "I'm sorry. I can't really help you." <laughs> right. And then he says, uh, well, uh, he's like, did you pay for a lawyer? And Nucky's like, why? It's a waste of money. It's three right. murder counts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Jimmy says, did you call my dad? Yeah. All right. Now, you know who his dad is because I let's, right. let's rewind. G- episode one, Colton ruins it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, granted, it's not that big of a spoiler yet. It's a big. It is a big spoiler, and I'm really sorry I ruined it. I really am. Um, but we're, we're going to pretend I never said it from here on out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so don't go and listen to episode one. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you've made it all the way to this episode, Without don't episode listen to one, episode one. Don't. <laughs> Jimmy is saying. Call my dad, and then what does Nucky say? Are you really that nervous? Which, right now, to be fair, that makes you think. <clears throat> what kind of relationship does Jimmy and his dad have? Right, and and I think uh, the main thing for 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 people who have not seen this before was the fact that he said that. Have you called my dad? Because up to this point, I think the general consensus, and even myself, um, you know, if I completely block out what you told me. In episode one, I always kind of had the slight assumption that possibly Nucky was Jimmy's dad because it, it nothing ever was said about it except just little hints. Uh-huh. Um, the back and forth between Nucky and Jimmy, you right. could easily think that Nucky might be Jimmy's dad. And that's what my wife, Bethany, she's going through this for the first time. Also, she kind of really? had that assumption. That's what she thought at first. Um, okay. But then this scene comes up and he says that and that was kind of a, a mind blown uh, moment right there because it was huh. like, wait a minute. So who the fuck is his dad? <laughs> so, um, yeah, when he brings that up, it, it was it was kind of, a, Interesting. kind of a a little bit of a shock. Yeah. 
Okay, no, that's interesting. I see. Even watching it the first time through, never once did it ever occur that Nucky was his dad. Yeah, for some reason, I, I think it was in their interactions so far. Um, you know, and obviously, Nucky being, uh, uh, I guess, like a mentor figure to Jimmy. You could mistake that kind of relationship for oh, like a father son no, relationship. I, I absolutely see it. I see yeah. it a hundred percent. It just I never thought that. Yeah. I always assumed that he didn't have a dad, and yeah. then all of a sudden, yeah. now we find out. Oh, he does have a dad. Yeah, he totally does. Obviously, his dad is somebody powerful, right? Like, and we and we know that just from the scene. Call my dad. So obviously, his dad is somebody powerful, but now we right. don't know who his dad is. Exactly. Yep. So, and I do like what Nucky says. He was like, um, this can't be handled by legal means or something right. like that. Right. Now, did you take, so you obviously know how the episode ends. Mm-hmm. Did you take what Nucky said? Did you take that as how the episode ends? Um, a little bit. When he said that, when he said that this can't be handled by legal means, I was like, oh, so there's other means, <laughs> okay, that are gonna no, get him off the hook. Um, my wife has watched the first couple of episodes, but now um, she's kind of in your same mentality on it. She's never watched past like a right. certain episode, so she's watching them for the first time with me. And um, whenever he says this, she was like, "I wonder what he means by that." Yeah, and I was like, "Okay," I was like, "Well, we're gonna get there, right?" And then she, but in her mind, she's like, I mean, are they going to pay people off? Because that's an easy way to get somebody out. Right. And I'm like, no. And I'm like, and that's a very good observation. Right. And, that, so, and that's, that's kind of the thing in, in this situation, particularly because you have, uh, you have all these, yeah, as a shit ton of money and you have IRS agents that are supposed to be, well, you know, Getting into that kind of circle is going to be real difficult, you know, trying to get yeah. into getting Jimmy free from IRS agents. Like, how the fuck are you going to do that if not by legal means? I mean, yeah. at this it, at this point in time in history, the, the IRS is like that. You don't go against these people. This is not something you want to try to, you know, uh, to head off. So, no, not at all. I, I had I had the, you know. From from Nucky saying that, I, I got the impression that he meant going a different route than legal means, but it left me a little confused because of the fact that, you know, dude, you're going against, like, federal powers here. Like, how are you going to pull this off? <laughs> I agree. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree, and that's basically what uh, we're at on that. So from there we go to... So Michael Shannon and his boss are talking and um or sorry, yeah, they're talking Michael Shannon and his boss are talking. Now, his boss is acting kind of weird. Okay. I'm sorry, his boss is like oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I kind of got that sense too. Okay, so I'm not the only one. So I'm like, wait. His boss is acting kind of weird. Michael Shannon's basically wanting a hand job for <laughs> um, I did really good. Yeah, I, I got mean, Jimmy Germany, really man. <laughs> right, and his and his deputy is like, you know, congratulations, sir, you really deserved it. Right, and then his deputy is like, well, you know, we need to move 
the witness to New York because we need to make it safe. Right. Now, what I think the biggest thing I got out of this scene, though, in all honesty, was not Michael Shannon acting weird, not um, the, the deputy or whatever acting weird. It was Michael Shannon. Oh, <clears throat> the big thing I got out of this acting weird is Michael Shannon is back at looking at young photos of Margaret. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, right? it was it, it was almost like a congratulations, you did it. Now you get to reward yourself with looking at this underage picture of this woman that you're lusting after, but a sixteen year old pregnant with. girl. Like, yeah, like it is. It, it is. It's absolutely very weird. <laughs> and he doesn't see a thing wrong with it because he doesn't change it. He just yeah, looks right. At it and it's yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I deserve this. <laughs> I deserve it. So. I thought that was weird. I just wanted to point that out in it's that scene. It's very weird. <laughs> There's not a whole lot else other to that scene other than, uh, you know, they're going to take the prisoner to New York. But, yeah. Right. So, from there we go. And uh, Nucky goes over to the Commodore's house. Uh, we find out the Commodore, he's still sick. And we find out, at this point, he has been to jail. Okay? Nucky says to him, one right. of us had to go. So, we now find out the the Commodore was the unlucky straw, whatever you want to call it. He right. had to go to jail for, I think it was five years or something. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Right? I think that's what it was. And so we do find out that he was obviously he's been involved in this lifestyle for a while. Um, and I like what Nucky says. And this is what we have been saying with Eli. And this is what we're going to be saying here in about five minutes. Sometimes shit happens, right? You have, you, you are not necessarily the worst person. You have to pay the debt. Right. The Commodore paid that debt. He went to jail and he went up for five years. Right. And um, the Commodore basically is – he even says – he's like, I'm dying. And I like what he says. He's like, look. He's like, you can't, you can't hold it back. The, you, <laughs> you, you need to run somebody new for mayor. Eli yeah. is a, Eli's a rotten tomato. He's going to infect the entire batch. Drop right. him. Yeah. And you can see a Nucky. Nucky doesn't want oh, to yeah. hear that. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but I feel like in a way, I feel like Nucky, the way Nucky's face was, is he's like, I don't want to hear this, but I, but think I understand. Right. Yeah, I understand that that's probably exactly what needs to happen. And granted, that's his family. Not only is this your partner, this is your family now. Right. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot else other than that from the Commodore, other than we we do realize he he's possibly dying. He th- he at least thinks he is. And that his advice is probably the best. It, dude, the advice from a dead the, from a dead man that doesn't know it is the best advice you're ever going to get. Right. 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 So. <clears throat> well, and, and I got a little bit more from this scene. And OK, OK, go ahead. Go just, ahead. Well, I don't know if it was just a. Uh, my prior knowledge of the situation or not, but <clears throat> I thought a little, I, I thought it a, a bit weird that they switched directly from, um, <clears throat> from Nucky and Jimmy in the cell to the Commodore. Cause you know, in the previous scene, 
they were trying to figure out the best way of getting Jimmy out of the situation he's in. And the Commodore is the first person they go to. So that kind of, I don't know, it, it, it gave me a little bit of perspective in number one, the position the Commodore is in. Obviously he's always been a pretty high up person in the show and somebody that the, that Nucky keeps going to for advice and everything like that. But again, I, I just found it a bit odd that um, the Commodore is the person that Nucky went to go see first, right after having, you know, gone to see Jimmy in jail and considering the conversation they had while, you know, Jimmy was in jail and he went to go visit him. It's, it's, it was just a little bit odd for me that, uh, yeah. that that was the guy that they went to go see. So it, it, okay. it helped kind of tie the, uh, uh, not tie in, but it helped kind of give some credence to some thoughts that might've been floating around previously. <laughs> okay. I don't want to give away too much. So I'm going right, 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 right. to no, I, I not it. say too much. I'm going to be very vague and, we go to seeing uh, Margaret at the dress shop, and um, you got uh, Warden Harding's uh, uh, mistress. She's trying on some dresses. Right. All right. This is this yeah. is. I feel like this is the uh, the pretty woman right here. Yes. No. This is it. This is it right here. Okay. Now, I did this earlier with um, the uh, uh, Delisano brothers. Okay. Mm-hmm. That dress cost four hundred and eighty dollars. Dude, like how much is that in today's time? That right there is what spurred my wife into figuring this out. (laughs) Cause she was like, wait a minute, that dress is $400 (laughs) in these times. So she started Googling and I I cannot remember what she said now because we watched the episode. It's been probably a week now because we've been, you know, 6,000, $6,267. And eight cents. <laughs> that is insane. The okay. materials alone for that dress were like ten bucks now times. <laughs> okay, can, I don't know if we can discuss this or not. So I'm going to ask you this, and if we need to cut it out, we can. <laughs> can we discuss our bride's dresses? Yeah. Okay. How much did your bride's dress cost roughly? Do you know? Ooh. Because to be fair, a bride's dress is a expensive dress. Yeah, yeah, very expensive dress. Uh, number one, because it's for a bride, and anything that has to do with anything for a wedding is marked up like twenty percent, just right off the bat. Right. That's just how that shit works. Um, Beth's dress was like, I think it was just about one thousand. It it, it might have been less than that. I'm just guessing. Okay. It might have been. It was like eight hundred to a thousand dollars. I can't remember exactly. But I mean, even like, even at the time, I was like, "Damn, that's expensive for a dress you're gonna wear <laughs> once." <laughs> okay, so my wife, because you know we got very we got married in a very small wedding. Um, it right. was a very small ceremony. Um, you were one of only a handful of people. That yeah. Came. We tried to keep cost very low. Even keeping costs low on her dress, I want to say just just the dress. It was over five hundred. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and that's high to me. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. This yeah. little blue thing with some pearls on it. 6,000. <laughs> <laughs> Either A, dresses are by this lady are that amazing, or B, the writers did not do their research on Yeah, inflation. right. Yeah. I'm hoping they didn't do their inflation. Like I, really I honestly don't doubt it, um, especially for the times, because, I mean, fashion was... Uh, I mean, it still is pretty big, but I feel like it's died down quite a bit here lately in the last, like, 10 years. Okay. Um, paying that kind of money for a dress is just just insane. But back in the day when, you know, dudes were walking around in three-piece suits on, on a Saturday when they're off work, you know, it, I guess fashion was a really big statement, like, way bigger than you would think nowadays. Maybe I, I, I'm I'm just making assumptions here. I'm just but saying, that's six thousand. Still, that's, <laughs> yeah, but still, <laughs> that's three months' salary. Yeah, that is way way too much money for any article of clothing ever. <laughs> I just can't. I don't know. I uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, gonna... it it is, and and like you said, maybe they weren't. I feel like they maybe did do their research, but they were trying to make a point that this is an insanely unaffordable dress. Yeah. Like this, you nobody could just buy this dress outright. And that's I think the they were making can, that that's point. That's the only thing I can hope. And I think they were making that point on purpose to show what kind of, what kind of favor uh, comes back for the kind of power and influence that, um, well, let's get into it. Like, uh, at the dress shop, they're looking at this dress. And of course, um, Harding's, uh, mistress is like, Oh, I love this dress. And Margaret, right. Margaret's like, uh, well, she, Margaret saw it first and she was like, Oh, that's a beautiful dress. And of course, Madame Janae is like, Oh, well, that's such an expensive dress. There's just there. It's so expensive, and she was like, "Well, let her try it on. <laughs> Let's try it on anyway." <laughs> and you know, obviously, at this point, Madame Genet owes Margaret quite a bit because we find out that Madame Genet's shop is saved. It's not going to close, right. and Madame Genet kind of realizes because Margaret talked to the right people <laughs> to make sure that right. her dress shop doesn't close. So. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, it's um so Harding's mistress gets to try it on, which yes. uh, again, I'm terrible with names. Do you remember her name? I honestly don't. I really don't. all I remember is uh, <laughs> Madame Janet and Margaret and then Harding's Harding's mistress. mistress. Yeah, that's all I can think of. <laughs> anyway, so she spots the dress and, and wants to try it on. Madame Janae's like, oh, no, 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 no. Um, but then Margaret kind of pulls her power card and says, like, oh, she's going to try it on. <laughs> and that's that's yeah. where that's where the, the, the pretty woman bit comes in. And, um, you know, Madame Janae starts talking to Margaret about how, oh, well, you used to work for me and oh I, I'm so happy that you helped me. Thank you so much, blah blah blah. And Margaret's like, 
you said I smelled when I first started working here. <laughs> right. She's talking about everything bad she ever did. And yeah. She's like, you used to say this, you used to say this, and then the owner is like, oh, well, I can give your daughter this precious thing. Oh, yeah, that's this right. ivory brush. And Margaret straight up is like, my daughter didn't save your shop. Yeah. Right? And that's honestly, that was the first time I was like, oh, shit, Margaret loves this. She yeah, loves she, that she has this power. It. She's not hiding it at <laughs> all anymore. Yeah, she's like, like, my daughter didn't help you. I helped you. So help me. <laughs> and the lady in uh, uh, Hardin, Hardin. Hardin's, Hardin's uh, mistress. Nope, that's what she's <laughs> called now. Hardin's, Hardin's mistress comes out. And it's like, I love the blue thing. And Margaret's basically like, that shit's mine. Yeah, she's like, you do look good in that dress. And then turns to <laughs> Madame, yeah, Madame Janae and's like, she looks good, doesn't she? <laughs> I would look good in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, basically what happens is she gets she gets her favor that uh, that she wanted. I'm gonna ask you for a favor. She's basically <laughs> Don Corleone at this point and getting favors from the people she's helped out. Yeah. Um, and she gets the dress for for uh, Hardine's mistress. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. For the price of on the house. <laughs> The price of zero. That's yeah. exactly what it is. <laughs> so we go from there. That um, this is the big. All right, you ready? This is the big oh, scene. Oh man, it is a it is all a right. big scene. We have the agent who we have all the entire time have said this agent is an idiot, right? Yeah, let's agree. Yeah, right? just incompetent. Doesn't know incompetent, what he's doing. Incompetent. Doesn't know what he's doing. He's a exactly what you were saying. Yeah, and just to they're screw driving up. along. Okay, now first off, I just have to go and say this: Can you imagine going from Atlantic City to New York on that road? <laughs> yeah, right. I, <laughs> they're bouncing around like. Uh, did you ever see um, Ace Ventura when Nature Calls? He's like bouncing around and shit. He's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So oh my god! They're bouncing around like fucking crazy in this in this Model T on this. Dude, if he had a monkey road. and some sunglasses on in that car, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And yeah, like this is this is like a this is like a three hour trip today, and they're going like max twenty miles an hour. Oh, this is like that's a, a five six hour trip. Hour Dude, trip. That's a five hour six yeah. hour trip. <laughs> And it, like the road is just like it's it's basically concrete slabs just laid next to each other. Just That's it on the ground, like nothing underneath it. Just no. Somebody poured some concrete no. on top of the fucking sand, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's it. That, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get that out of the way because when I was watching this, I was like, "That has to be." Yeah, so they were fucking bouncing around like crazy. <laughs> So this dumbass agent, what we're gonna, I'm saying dumbass because that's what we were referring to, right? As, and the witness, they're driving along, and the agent's just like, "Oh, I've been doing this. Oh, I hope yeah, you do this. just talking hey, shit, just nothing. Yeah, blah blah blah. Hey, you want to pull over, and take a piss? Yeah, like, yeah. And I will say, when he first says it, I'm like, "Wait, what? 
Like, it's yeah, a little weird. It like, caught me off guard, too. Yep. So they pull over, and um, the agent walks out. He's taking a leak. Right? Yep. And the other guy walks out, and it's a very picturesque thing. He's looking out at the ocean, and you right. can tell you can tell what's about to happen. You know We've what's all, happening. Yeah, we have all watched enough movies in our life to know what's happening. Uh, I was gonna say, if Scorsese didn't direct this episode, like he should right? have, because this one scene was totally fucking Scorsese, like looking out on this pristine landscape. This guy right behind you, like, he's not even worried about the dude behind him. He's just no. enjoying the landscape. I'm like, dude, you're about to fucking die right now. <laughs> he's just soaking it in, like, yeah. oh, it's great. Oh. And he turns around, and I I like what the deputy does. Yeah. I actually, I <laughs> I say that bad. Like, I like what he does. I, I love I what he does. <laughs> I don't like what he does. I do not like what he does, okay? But for a cinematography th- standpoint, I like what he does. Right. When he says, you shouldn't have done you that, and the guy's like, <laughs> guy's like, what? And he's like, you shouldn't reach for my gun. Yeah. And he pulls out his gun, and he fucking blows the dude's heart out. Yeah. Like a clean kill. Yeah. Like, just straight up, I blew your heart up. Kills the witness. And then the witness, he dude, that guy just drops like right. a sack of potatoes. And then, <laughs> okay, this is going to sound bad. Watching the guy die, I was like, whatever. He then sits down and he hits himself in the head with a rock. That hurt dude, me worse than anything. Seriously. <laughs> I heard that. That dome got cracked. I heard yeah. it. I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> Because he even like he 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 took the time to find the just the right rock. <laughs> yeah, because he went like a bigger rock, and he's like, "Nope, yeah. this will kill me." And yeah. then he had a smaller rock, and he's like, "Nope, it's too small." And even Let like he had to hype himself rock. up, like, <laughs> and he <laughs> just cracks himself over the head, like. So yeah, this dude like takes the time to make sure this shit looks legit, and he. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 very impressive, especially for somebody who we since episode one have considered incompetent, an idiot like this dude doesn't even know what the fuck is happening. But here he is orchestrating not that he is not that at all. Exactly. He's orchestrating this whole thing with precision and trying to make it look as real as possible. So, you know, you have to wonder has has he been on the payroll this whole time like yeah what's uh i mean obviously this guy's not dumb he's 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 doing something uh pretty pretty intricate yeah no absolutely uh from there it's a small little scene i didn't get a lot out of this uh because that scene was just so big right right that, and I, so, I feel like that was the culmination of the episode right there that was like oh 100 percent major yeah uh, takeaway. No, 100%. at least. Well, I wouldn't even say that because we'll, we'll see. We'll see later on. But that was definitely a huge moment in. in that was the big was surprise. I, Jimmy. I consider that the big gasp moment. Like, oh right, shit! Right. Like how the episode. We'll get into how the episode ends. But right. that one. That one got me by surprise, a hundred percent. How the episode ends isn't a big; sh- it's a shock. It's not a huge shock, right? But that that watching that happen, like, oh shit! 
Like, yeah, that was that was impressive. Yes. So then we're gonna see Angela, uh, Jimmy's uh, wife, and um, she's meeting with a couple, and basically, um, I, I, I mean, I, in all honesty, I didn't get a lot out of this scene. Um, it's what we've already known. Uh, she's talking with the husband. The husband's like, "Oh, my my friend's not interested anymore." Right, and. Her friend is like, oh, well, you know, it could happen. And right. I, it, 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 basically, basically, I feel like it's it's just showing that they're a skeezy ass fucking couple that, that was just trying to seduce. Yeah. Angela. It. And it, yeah. Well, and, Angela, no, and, and Angela was trying to seduce them. And now she's right. mad because I hey, I was I was it didn't work out in her group. favor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. I don't feel bad for either part. I, I, right. I, just, I look at him like, eh, both y'all are fucking. Yeah, horrible. exactly. Like, You're both greasy and you both lost out on what you wanted. Yeah. So fuck off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I honestly, I didn't get a lot out of that episode. That's a, or that scene. That's, that's how that, that little storyline ends for this episode. Right. Like, and I feel like maybe that was on purpose just to maybe open up the story between Angela and Jimmy a little bit more, which is great. I completely yeah. am fine with that. Let's let's explore that more because, like I said earlier, I, I feel like there's still some connection there's between Angel and Jimmy. Yes. So yes. let's let that play out instead of greasy ass fucking what's his name, Junior. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, 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 oh fuck. Uh, um. Oh, uh, Dracula. <laughs> Dr- Dracula. Thriller. What the fuck is his oh, name? Oh my god. Um. <laughs> God, you keep calling Vincent Price. <laughs> Thank Vincent you, Price. Vincent Price Jr. over there. <laughs> so we got to go to Nucky, and he's at dinner, and he's having uh, dinner with um, Edward um, uh, Batter, who has been a very minor character so far. Right. And he's basically telling him, hey, the mayor is yeah. sick. I want you An to idiot. run for mayor. He's he's stupid. Yeah, he's stupid. <laughs> he's stupid. But um, I need you to run for mayor. And and without a whole lot more, he's also kind of saying, "My brother's no longer going to be sheriff." Right. So. Right. His he has an understanding. His brother is more than likely not going to be, um, the sheriff, and. He's also speaking with him, and he's basically like, okay. So he's speaking with um, the um, Ed uh, Bader, and he's basically telling him, like, I'm going to – I want you mayor, and I need you to have my back. Because what Nucky – it's kind of the whole thing. What Nucky gets what is what Nucky wants, but Nucky also has to make the right decision because if he doesn't make the right decision, he's not going to be winning. You know, and he obviously doesn't want to back a losing person. And the current mayor is a losing person. Uh, Bader is going to be a winner. And I think that Nucky deep down knows that Eli is potentially in trouble. And so he knows that he needs to start backing somebody that can definitely be a winner. <clears throat> so we go from there. They're leaving. They're walking out. And we finally get to see the big reveal which is, I mean, not the big reel that was the last scene, but we get to see Nucky and Margaret are leaving, and he hears some people saying, you know, Nucky, Nucky, it's kind of normal stuff, but then he sees somebody he doesn't recognize coming forward to give him a uh, handshake, and somebody out of the corner pulls out a gun, and Eddie uh, 
uh, uh, does stop the guy from shooting uh, Nucky, but the bullet hits another uh, innocent woman that's on the boardwalk, causing the blood to spatter on Margaret. And Nucky's kind of in shock because somebody popped a shot at him. You know, this is something that's unheard of. Nucky's untouchable. And Margaret now has blood on her beautiful, you know, blue dress, right? So, I mean, it's this it's the symbolism, you know, obviously, that she's now responsible for something that's quote-unquote dirty, right? Um, she's no longer clean. She has blood on her hands. And... Nucky's in shock um, that th- something like this would happen. Eddie takes a shot at the guy as he's running away, and he, you see that he does hit him, I think, in like his calf. So we'll see how that comes back. And that's how our episode ends. So I hope you all enjoyed. Um, if you didn't hear Chris talk a little bit in the last like two minutes, um, his microphone, unfortunately, um, stopped working on him, and I had to finish out. I went uh, solo, went Maverick on this, so hopefully it did okay. Uh, but hopefully y'all has enjoyed this, and I'm hoping to see y'all next week. Uh, when you come in and listen to us do a little bit of chain wagging, you can find us on Facebook at Bootlegging, a Boardwalk Empire podcast. You can also find us on Instagram at Bootlegging underscore podcast, um, as well as you can find us on Twitter at Bootleg.podcast, uh, or right into our Gmail account um, at Bootlegging.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we, we have fans write in um, all the time. We recently had a fan of ours, uh, Miguel, write in and talking about how much he's loved listening to the podcast, um, hearing people talk and y'all sending us messages. It really does make this a lot of fun. Like me and Chris, we have so much fun doing this and you know, we're, we're doing this for fun. We're not making any money on this, uh, hearing from fans. It's what really drives us. You know, we're, we're doing this for y'all. We want y'all to enjoy what y'all are listening to and hopefully, you know, getting out to interact and talk with us. You know, that's what makes this show such an amazing show is everybody has a little bit different point of view on it. So until next week, y'all do a little bit of chin wagging, have a couple libations, and we'll see y'all then. Be careful what you do. Don't go around breaking young girls' hearts. Mother always told me, be careful who you love. Be careful what you do.